Hi everyone, welcome to Regeneration. My name is John Elmore. I have a new life in Christ. I'm recovering from alcoholism and um, in this week, uh, mourning and grieving in the heaviness of something that's happening in our nation. And so tonight is going to be a little bit different for Regeneration. We're gonna have a time of teaching and I'm gonna walk us through specifically uh, the killing of Ahmad Arbery. And the reason why we're doing that is because regeneration is a biblically-based, Christ-centered, 12-step recovery program based out of Dallas, Texas. And one of many issues, one of many sin struggles that are addressed at regeneration every single week, whether it's alcoholism, pride, control, eating disorder, anything, is racism and uh, injustice and apathy. And so those are three of the sins that we're going to talk about tonight. Um, because of the, the heaviness of this topic and because I don't want to miss anything, um, I've got notes right above my screen that I'm going to be looking up from time to time, but for the next 15 minutes or so, that's what we're going to be discussing. And so uh, let me begin by praying. And Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die for our sins and raise from the dead that whoever hopes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And that as the Son ascended to the Father, you sent the Spirit who now indwells the life of every believer who's trusted in Jesus and sanctifies us and is our counselor and leads us and shapes us into the image of Christ and that you have not left us um, without a path or light to our feet, but have given us your living and active word. And so, Lord, as we look to you and to the scriptures and the word tonight regarding um, the state of our nation and this killing, pray, Lord, that you would lead us by your scriptures, by truth, and that we may walk in the light and be salt and light in this nation and world. Lord, be with the Arbery family um, as they grieve the loss of their son. And Lord, you tell us uh, to pray for our enemies. Lord, we pray for Travis and Gregory McMichael as they sit in jail awaiting trial. We pray for them that their hearts would be soft and there would be repentance as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, so um, if, if you've not been watching the news, and um, and that would only really be within the last like five days, uh, you, you may not have caught this because it went unreported for the longest time. So February 23rd, this is, this is pre-COVID. February 23rd, a young man, he would have been 26 years old this past Friday, Ahmaud Arbery was going through a jog in a neighborhood and two men in a truck stopped in the street, blocked his path, confronted him with a loaded shotgun and a handgun and uh, fired three shots from the shotgun and killed him. This was recorded from a cell phone. There's a video of it. And for 74 days, there was not an arrest made. Um, it passed through four different investigative units 
And it wasn't until May 5th when the video was released onto social media networks that two days later, after a national outcry was, uh, were two arrests made of murder, charges of murder and aggravated assault of two white men, uh, Travis McMichael, who fired the shots, and Gregory McMichael, who was a, a prior investigator in Brunswick, Georgia, where this all took place. The father of Travis, who was standing in the back of the pickup with a handgun uh, loaded and ready. And um, I, I, di I didn't notice, I didn't say, I think at the beginning of this, that Ahmad is an African-American male. And so uh, this happened in Georgia on May 5th, it was released. There was national outcry uh, because of the video. And then on May 7th, arrests were finally made. And there's details around the DA and different people recusing themselves. And because of relationship to Gregory McMichael, who was a former investigator, um, it just kept getting passed and passed and passed. And um, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight is racism, injustice and apathy. So the first racism, because we've got limited time before you get to small groups. Um, and this deserves so much more time, but in the regeneration format this is what we have. So it's what we're going to use. Racism is and can be defined. There's a lot of different definitions, but it can be defined as a feeling of hate or superiority towards another race or ethnicity or um, a person of another color. So having rate, hate or feeling of superiority, that is racism. This is totally contrary to the Bible and what God has laid out and even placed in our conscience, uh, which is important to say from Romans 2, what he's placed in the, the soul of every person. It says in Genesis 1:26, God made man in his image. Every man is and woman is and child is created in the Imago Dei, created in the image of God, and, and as such has inherent value and worth and dignity. And that doesn't change regardless of color or special needs, disability, affliction where someone was born, how old they are, how young they are, whether still in the womb. But in this case, for the purposes of tonight, it's, it's specifically we're addressing racism due to color. And so uh, it's a mockery. Racism is a mockery. It's a sin because it's a mockery against God and his creation. To have racism in someone's heart is to uh, mock the creator of the created, to mock your fellow man or woman is to mock the creator. These aren't my words. Uh, this is written in 1 John 1.20, I'll read it. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. The Bible says, if you say you love God, and yet you can't love the person that you can actually see with your own eyes, in the flesh, then you're a liar and and you cannot love God. You cannot love God and be a racist at the same time. It is, it is a sin. Racism is of Satan. In John 8, 44, Jesus says of Satan, he was a murderer from the beginning, one who was trying to destroy and kill. Uh, and then you see again in 1 John 3, 14 through 15, it says hate and racism is murder. Listen, we know that we 
Christians, believers, we know that we have passed from death to life because, here's the evidence of it, we love each other. The whole Bible is summed up in love God and love one another. Love God, love others. That's the summation of the commands in the Bible. Not the, not the summary of the Bible, but the summary of the commands in the Bible. Love God and love others. And so it says, we, we know that we pass from death to life. We know that we've been born again. We know that we have trusted in Jesus because, here's the evidence, we love each other. Now it's going to give you the antithesis. Anyone who does not love remains in death. And so to have racism the Bible is saying, if that is in your heart, you do not have eternal life. You have death. Anyone, it continues, who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Racism is murder. Because you see that even prior to, and I can't speak to Travis and uh, Greg Remick, Michael. I, I don't know them. I never will. But I would suppose, I, well, maybe it doesn't even matter. But I think, well, I think racism leads to murder. And, and I think the Bible says that racism and hate lead to murder. It's what I just read. And it says that if you do not have love and you hate a brother or sister, you are a murderer and that no murderer has eternal life residing in them. So the application tonight, if you do have racism, uh, is to confess it, it's to confess your sin. And I don't just mean to your mentor. I mean to the whole group, to confess to the whole group. And there's probably people of all color uh, within your group and you to confess there within your group because we confess and we're prayed for, which leads to healing. James 5.16, we do it every Monday night. Hopefully we're doing it all throughout the week. But if there is racism in your heart, Confess it now that you might be healed and, and search your soul for what the scriptures just say. Like, how can I hate those who I've seen and yet say that I love God? And so search your soul truly, whether you're saved or whether you just have a said faith rather than a saving faith. Racism is sin. The next one, injustice is sin. For there to not be an arrest in Brunswick, Georgia, after 74 days is a grotesque, commentary on that community, but also on the state of our nation, ultimately, because this isn't a one-off isolated event. We've seen this, if you've been watching the news at all, you've seen this time and time again, especially with African-American males in particular. And it took a leaked video on social media before the arrest was made. It, it, it can't be a coincidence, though the GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigation, said that the video had no impact on the arrest. It, it just... It's, it's a strange coincidence that two days after national outcry, because of the release of the videos, there would be arrests made after going through four different investigative bureaus. So um, here's the point. Injustice is sin, not my idea, God's. Ecclesiastes 8.11, it says, when the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, people's hearts are filled with schemes to do wrong or they're given to evil. Whenever justice is not dealt out, people who are prone to sin, who have the flesh uh, warring against the spirit and are given to sin, or if they're not believers, are dead in their sin and they're slaves to Satan. If justice is not carried out by the governing nation, then it just gives those who have evil in their hearts further leash to conduct more evil. And so what that did to a watching world, particularly the Brunswick community, is it, it, it frankly, it made uh, white racists more 
prone to think that they are in the right and that somehow they are above the law, uh, they can take the law into their own hands, that they have some sort of um, acquittal from justice and taking the law into their own hands when the, when there wasn't even anything um, illegal that was done. I mean, it, as far as like, uh, there's new video footage of him going into a, a house under construction. I literally last night was walking down our block and if I didn't have my two-year-old toddler with me, I would have walked directly into a house under construction because I was curious about it. And, it, and it's wide open. It's been gutted. And so I literally, I'm looking at him walking down the block and I'm looking at the house. And I'm like, well, I'd kind of like to go inside and see what the layout is. Um, that's not a reason for the McMichaels uh, to pursue him. So anyway, 811, it's, it's for the governing nation. Uh, to conduct justice. And when they don't, after 74 days, that communicates something to uh, a watching world. It communicates something to white racists. It also communicates something to African-Americans about um, value and worth and dignity and protection and the governing authority among them. What what does that cause people in Brunswick, Georgia, who are African-American or, or any other ethnicity other than white, to consider about their rights, their safety, and if they're just going to be um, hunted because of some alleged infraction or because they look like someone who thought they might be uh, related to some crime that they said there was a string of burglaries that there wasn't. Even the news has said like, there, no, there was one. There was a there was a gun taken from the McMichael's vehicle that was unlocked. Uh, so that communicates something, injustice. And I just like have to believe as a, as a as a white man, I have to believe if that would have been reversed, if if I would have been um, gunned down by two African-American, I don't think 74 days would have passed. I just don't. Now, that's just like my empirical, hey, this is what I think. Who knows what would actually happen? But I, I, I think if the role would have been reversed, I, I think there would be difference. And that's injustice, which leads me to my next part of injustice is sin, which is Proverbs 11.1. One. And by the way, we're going to go beyond 7.15 tonight and... Um, sorry, not sorry. Proverbs 11, 1 says, the Lord detests dishonor scales. That means, so scale of justice is, or scale of a merchant, anything like unjust, God says, I detest it. It's strong language for the Bible to use to say he detests it. And it's not a one-off. Like you can let scripture interpret scripture. And again, in Proverbs 20, 23, he says, unequal weights are an abomination to the Lord. Abomination and detesting and hating, those are strong language that God uses when he feels really strongly about something. He's going beyond saying this is just a sin and saying it's an abomination. There are only a few things that, that scripture says this is an abomination and that being one of them. And so for there to be inequal, inequality with justice, God says, that's an abomination. I detest that. And, and woe to the nation uh, who starts to disregard what God has created and set in place with the governing authorities of Romans 13, which leads me to my next point about injustice being sin. So, Citizens are not law enforcers. Um, I can't. I can't do something to someone because I. I, I think or suppose they might be doing wrong. Literally, uh, last week or two weeks ago, um, because the shelter in place, we're we're in our backyard, and there's some dude back there, just like smoking cigarettes, and and he, he frankly just looked creepy. Uh, it, it's not a sin to smoke cigarettes, but the dude looked weird, and he was in the alleyway talking on the phone. 
um, for like an hour and I'd never seen him before. But, you know, our kids are out there. And so I just walked around, made myself known like, hey, I'm here uh, just in case you're planning on doing something. But I was like, you know what? House under construction, maybe it's just like some dude taking a smoke break, whatever. An hour later, he walked back past and this time he's, he's got a big 12, 12 pack of beer and then like just a uh, random bags of beer and um, just kind of stumbling back through the alleyway. And my four-year-old daughter, I'm, I'm working at my desk and I can see through the backyard. He's now, he's now slurring his speech and talking to my four-year-old daughter. And I was like, no. Now, let me just say, hey, I, I own a gun. But what I didn't do is go up and get my gun, draw it on the man uh, because he was like near my daughter within feet of her, talking to my daughter, inebriated, what I supposed was inebriated, um, or make any threats. Now, I walked outside, to be clear, without my gun. I walked outside and just watched him and stood there and I told Penny to come inside. But I didn't take law into my own hands it, it, because I am not the law. Romans 13, God makes it really clear in Romans 13. Let everyone, including the lawbreaker and the one who thinks that a law has been broken, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. And it goes on to say in Romans 13, I think verse 5, that God has given the governing authority the sword to judge those who are doing evil. He's not given me the sword to mute out justice against those who I think have done evil. He has placed structure there, the governing authority. He's placed every nation under authority. Um, and, and, and in case anyone's curious, he was a white dude uh, that was talking to my daughter. Like it was just some dude. And I was like, that's not appropriate. But what I did do was call 9-1. I was like, hey, I, look, I don't know um, if this is right or wrong. There's some guy who appears to be drunk or stoned carrying beer through the neighborhood. He just talked to my four-year-old daughter uh, and sat down in our neighbor's yard. I think somebody should probably come out here. And so I called the authorities rather than being the authority because injustice is a sin. There's a thing that's called due process. You have to give uh, the, the law of the land due process, innocent until proven guilty. They've got to be um, charges brought and then gone through the judicial system. I can't just like take that under my own because of what I might suspect. Um, it's not my role, injustice is sin. The next one is apathy is sin. So to break down the word pathos, uh, Greek word is a quality that evokes sadness. And so to be sympathetic is to, to have uh, sadness with someone, sympathy, sympathetic. Uh, with pathos, thus to be apathetic, Greek letter A meaning without. So to be without sadness is to just have this like indifference of like, well, I, I know you're sad. I, I feel nothing, I don't care. I am, I am apathetic towards whatever you or others feel in their suffering. You can be apathetic towards a, gr a great many things. Um, but in this case, we're talking about apathy towards racism, apathy towards injustice, Apathy towards um, the killing of a man running down a neighborhood street in broad daylight. And so in Romans 12, 15, we're instructed to mourn with those who mourn. It's a, it's a command. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And we're going to in a little bit for those who are commencing. But also it says mourn with those who mourn. And right now, 
uh, there is uh, a large population of our country who is in mourning and has been in mourning because of uh, killings of African-American males without due process or just because of suspicion or because of fear or because of racism or whatever it may be. Um, and, and, and that mourning has continued. And so for us to have apathy, particularly as Christians living in a nation, is sin. That's that's sin for us to be apathetic. It's sin to be uninformed even because this is the nation that we live in and uh, to not have a, an awareness of that. I, I force myself to watch these videos. I, you guys have heard me say like a bit of a news junkie, like I'll just like follow news and I'll read about it. Um, a while back, the uh, Coptic Christians, there were 12 Coptic Christians that were beheaded and then it was posted on Al Jazeera. And I made myself watch that because I never want to become desensitized and just read it as like a headline of like, well, I don't know, Ahmad, and I've, I've never been to Brunswick, Georgia, and I never will be. And so I, I don't know, like, who knows? I don't, I don't need to know the detail. Like I, I'll engage that and make myself watch the videos of that or of the Coptic Christians being beheaded um, so that my heart, like, because I don't live in Brunswick and I'm not African-American. And so that helps move me to a place of sympathy um, because I don't want to be apathetic because I'm called to mourn with those who mourn and because we are to be salt and light and to come alongside of our brothers and sisters and in our nation. Um, so we, we, we can't become indifferent here. We can't become apathetic because that'll lead to silence and it'll lead to more injustice and let racism spread and all of that. And, and here's the thing, this is not the, as I've said, this is not the first killing of an African-American um, here in America, like there's there's so many that have occurred in recent years. And, and, and uh, so I think about like Eric Garner. And if you're not familiar with Eric Garner's name, he was in New York City and the police approached him for selling single cigarettes instead of packs of cigarettes, which have the uh, tax stamp on a pack. And so they approached him for that and uh, strangle held him with their body weight on top of him in 11 times he was saying on video i can't breathe i can't breathe his last words i can't breathe and so with the due process being stripped uh from him like yes you can't sell cigarettes uh singularly out of a packet but that that leading to uh, uh that sort of forceful and then death when someone's saying i can't breathe we can't be apathetic to that um, and, and all the other ones that we could list the time doesn't allow. And so when we look at our, the state of our nation, you can't be ap apathetic. Apathy is sin. And by the way, I'm not relating um, Ahmad to Eric Garner. I'm, I'm just saying that even if there is some infraction, that doesn't mean that due process is thrown out. Uh, it goes back to the injustice. And I, I would say also that silence in the face of e evil is sin. And so here, here's what our Mother's Day breakfast table looked like. Um, and uh, my sweet in-laws um, just uh, just listened uh, because I think I, I changed the course of our Mother's Day. But I, I turned to my son, Hill, he's six years old. 
and I said, hey, Hill, um, because I was thinking like Ahmad's Mother's Day is, is forever changed. And I looked at Hill and I said, um, son, you know, there's people that look different than us, right? And he said, yes. And I said, uh, are we any better or any worse because we look different? And he said, no. And I said, why is that? And he said, because God made us all. I said, that's right. God made us different. And that just like expresses God's amazing personhood, that he's creative. How boring if we're all the same. And uh, I said, son, I, I want you to know that there was a man running. He was 26 years old. My little six-year-old boy is very much into age. I said he was 26 years old. He was young. And he was running in, in two people that looked like your dad, that looked like us with white skin, stopped him and killed him with guns. He knows what guns are. And you could just see the sadness over his face. And the reason why I'm sharing that is, is an application for you, because just like I said, if there's racism in your heart, even if you've never acted on it, but if it's in your heart, you need to confess that. That's the application for tonight. Well, similarly, apathy, uh, we all have an application here. And while you can't give a live broadcast to the entire nation, odds are you're not going to be able to do that. But you can within your sphere of influence. And so I'm uh, with, with my children and, and in my family, I'm like, well, I've got influence with them. And frankly, tonight, Jonda Johnson I was supposed to give her testimony. She's an incredible regen coach who served for many years. She was a leader and then a coach. She's now on Watermark staff. Even she was supposed to give her testimony. We texted her, or I guess, I don't know if it was a text or a phone call. The girls on our team contacted her, but just said, hey, I think we need to change tonight. We need to address racism and injustice and, and apathy. Thanks, um, Leslie Chisholm, for that, because I was saying indifference. And she said, no, I think, it, or silence. And she said, no, I, I think it's, Worse than that, I think it's apathy. And uh, we contacted Jonda and she said, of course, I'll, I'll do it next week. And so um, my, my, my point is use your sphere of influence to talk about this, but don't talk about it in a way that um, is gonna create more hate. Uh, talk about it with, with scriptures. I mean, some of them that we shared tonight, like be biblically informed so that you can speak truth to people who are ignorant or apathetic but don't be silent. And so whether that's a roommate or a coworker or your family or your racist uncle or uh, in, in a, whoever it may be, with your sphere of influence, you have an opportunity now. I'd say you have an obligation now um, to speak truth um, into the chaos, to bring order to the chaos, to instruct. We have been discipled and now we make disciples and part of discipleship is to um, lead out with everything that we have just shared. And so I'd encourage you as another application is to be really informed, like read the news. And, and I think you should watch the video because it will create sympathy and, and it will push you from apathy if that's the place where you are right now. And um, we have a lot of, we have a lot of ground to take as a nation in that ground uh, odds are will not be taken by an institution. Jesus called the church salt and light. We are the preservative, we're the preserver of like all things good and morality and order and God's created structure. And 
We are light, to have light push back the darkness. And so that's our role. And that's why God's left us here. And it's why we're in regeneration, is that we would do that personally, that, that those things that are subject to decay in our life, the sin, that it would be uh, the, the salt of the gospel, would be preservative in our life, and that the light would push out the darkness. And then as we have been discipled, that we would go out and make disciples, and we would be influential where God has placed us. Because it says in Acts 17, he has determined the time and the place that we were born. So you're here for a reason. Let me wrap up and pray there, and then I've got a couple of announcements. Thank you. Oh, Lord, um, I know I've not delivered tonight's message perfectly. Um, I'm sure I have, I have brothers and sisters that would say, I can't believe you didn't say this, and how could you have left out that, and you didn't say that with the right, the right um, words. Uh, but Lord, your word is true. And so even in my shortcomings, let your word pierce our hearts and be instructive to us. And that we would, we ourselves would see all and love all created in the image of God. And that racism would have no place in the life of a believer. Thus, we would be a murderer and a, or a liar. That we would be just and influential in those who we vote to position an office that they would be just, and that we wouldn't take justice into our own hands ever. And Lord, that we would not be apathetic, that we would mourn with those who mourn, and we would not be silent in the face of evil, but that within our sphere of influence, we would communicate truth into chaos. We love you, Lord. Please help um, those closest to a mob to be comforted, and those closest to the Mark Michaels um, to repent. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so here's the deal. Um, it's, it's really hard to, to transition from, from a, a, a sobering teaching like that to what we now get to talk about. But the reason why it's so important is because we have commencement tonight. There's, there's a group of people uh, watching this or going to watch it that are that are getting that are commencing tonight. They're finishing this year-long process. They thought they came through the doors for this recovery and they got discipleship. They got discipled in Christ. And, and the good news is, is that in this world there is chaos and there is disorder and there's sin. And so now we have even more that have been discipled and are going to be sent out as they commence into the world. Uh, to go and be leaders in the name of Jesus Christ, servant leaders. And so we are so proud and so thankful for you all um, for staying the course these 52 weeks. We know that it hasn't been easy, but we're so thankful. And we can't wait to celebrate with you in just a moment. And then for those of you who are in groundwork, or maybe tonight is your very first time, the people who are commencing tonight would say, stay with this, don't give up. Don't let tonight be your last night, but continue 52 Mondays, even if it's virtual, even if it's hard doing this online, it's worth it. And so stay the course. We're so proud of you. This is a, it's hard to start right now being online, but we're so proud of you and we're so thankful. The other thing that we want to say is you can now get um, books. And so you can pick up books uh, Monday through Thursday at the front desk of Watermark Dallas. 
at the West Tower. So that's that's the main tower kind of connected to the children's building. And from 12 to 2, Monday through Thursday, you can go and get a hard copy of a book. PDFs are still available online. You can still buy those PDFs, but I think everybody would kind of prefer having a hard copy. If you're afraid to get out, send somebody else from your group. That's, that's totally understandable. Compromised immune system, or if you're not able to, stay at home mom with kids, ping somebody from your group and say, hey, will you pick me up a book? Um, as always, if finances are an issue, just let your leader know. No one will ever go without a book because of finances. Um, if, if you're having any trouble tonight um, with your Jitsi link or you don't know what to do or what, if you need any help at all, all you have to do is email region at watermark.org, R-E-G-E-N at watermark.org. So with that, be brave. God loves you and we love you. And God can change everything. That is the gospel. And Jesus came to save sinners. And so trust you and with your life. Have a great night.